The following message is from the audio teaching library of the Briarwood Pulpit, a ministry of the Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Our speaker is Dr. Harry Reeder, Senior Pastor of Briarwood Presbyterian Church. It is our hope and prayer that this message will equip and encourage you in your walk with Christ, and as a result, you will be used by our Lord as an instrument of change to further His kingdom and bring honor and glory to the name of Christ. Here now is our pastor-teacher, Harry Reeder. If you're able, please remain standing while the children make their way to Children's Church to my left. There'll be those to greet them. If you'll make your way with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. There's a note sheet that's provided. While you're turning there, may I ask you, this is our first Sunday of Advent and the first sermon in the Advent series, The Live Portraits from the Nativity. We're going to take up the first one this morning, looking at the angels, but... Let me also mention, since this is the first Sunday of Advent, if you have not yet gotten the book we reserved, if you want to get this, by the way, this is just a good little book to add to your library as well. It's called Joy to the World by Charles Haddon Spurgeon, Advent Readings. And I think you'll find this extremely encouraging and informative. And those are available in the bookstore for this uh, Advent season and your uh, um, readings that you can do as a family. Now, would you look with me in this text of Scripture as we take a look at the Word of God and notice what it says. I'm just going to pick up reading a reading uh, in verse one. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I've begotten you. Or again, I will be to him as a father and he shall be to me as a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds, his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. You, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth in the beginning. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you... Are the same. Your ears, your years, your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of God has been read in your hearing. 
abides forever. By his grace and mercy, may that word be preached for you. Please be seated. So a number, in fact, a pretty significant number of months ago, I was sitting with John and Bruce and Benny and the worship team, and we were praying through how the Lord might continue to bless our Advent services as he has so wonderfully each year. And particularly that third Sunday night of Advent when the choir, the orchestra, and now a little really excellent, dramatic presentation added. They're calling it now Hallelujah. Live portraits from the nativity. I'm really looking forward to that. Please bring your friends to that. It'll be such a wonderful presentation, instrumentally, vocally, the ballet, the the drama, silent drama, just exquisite presentation. Looking forward to it. But I begin to pray, you know, Lord, maybe this year, because every year there's such a challenge. What do you preach at Advent? I mean, you know what you're going to preach, but how do you preach it? I mean, this is my 20th year Advent sermons here. And um, and I can't, I, I, obviously you have to repeat because there's only one nativity story, but you got to do it in a way nobody thinks you're repeating. And uh, so what was I going to do this year? Well, as I looked at John's subtitle, Hallelujah, sub uh, live portraits of exquisite beauty in the nativity, why not bring the biblical beauty of the characters of the nativity to you? Like Mary, that's next week. Like Joseph, that's the next week. Like who initiates everything and is there at the nativity? Angels. Do you believe in angels? I sure hope you weren't stupid enough to be singing about them and you didn't believe them. I mean, y'all were doing a pretty good job singing about it. hope you believe in them. Well, who are they? Now, that's a second blessing for me that came out of this. Hopefully, it'll be a blessing for you. I got so involved in preparing for this message today, that, and you have no idea of what I'm leaving on the cutting room floor. Um, but here's what, so here's what I decided. I'm going to do three Sunday nights on angels after the first of the year. This has just absolutely intrigued me, the study of the angelic ministry. But I want to give you a little taste of it, particularly with its focus on the angels of the nativity this morning. I mean, my goodness, just stop and think. How many times, just stop, every other hymn or every other verse in our Christmas hymns and carols, we're talking about angels. I mean, they are clustered right here at the nativity. They show up, as you're going to see this morning. Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, shepherds, they show up and they're on mission, (laughs) on message, in their ministry. And so we sing about them. We sing about them and their awareness. And of course, they show up all over and throughout your Bible. I mean, you see them constantly. And here is the problem. The problem is, is. You know, it's just this, this is so true in every biblical doctrine. The biblical, think of whatever doctrine it is from the Word of God that you're studying. Here's the, here's the road. You want to stay on the road. And almost always there's two ditches. Let me give you the two ditches to avoid concerning the angels. Two ditches to avoid with the angels. 
The one ditch is to get so fascinated with them that you absolutely get absorbed in their, uh, and you and you don't properly understand them. I mean, folks, listen, I'm, I can't go there. But let me just mention it. I have no, I, after studying in the Bible what a cherub is, I have no idea why we call children's choirs cherub choirs. I mean, you've got to somehow clue me in on that one. I have no idea why we do that. I mean, sometimes we deal with the subject so superficially or almost like it's, do we really believe this? Well, you know, in your Bible, there was a group of people who did not believe in angels. I'll give you a hint. They're the same group that didn't believe in the resurrection. Ah, the Sadducees. I knew you'd get that one. So the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in the angels either. But then again, you got the other problem. You get some people that get so absorbed in them, they get more fascinated with the angels than the one that the angels tell you about, Jesus. And you find that in the book of Colossians. We call it the Colossian heresy. They begin to worship angels. They got totally absorbed with the angelic order. Yet the Bible is constantly called, talking about them, isn't it? We're told that our war is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Fallen angels, godly angels. Uh, that here is, and so what, what, what is this angelic world like? In fact, the over, even the best intentioned people can get out of, can get, can get this wrong or get it at best imbalanced. Let me give you an example. There are two books in the Bible that I wish I had time to go through now, but I promise when we do two or three Sunday nights, I'll do this for you. But if you go to the book of Revelation and go to the book of Hebrews, they give you a lot of information about the angelic, um, the angelic world and the angelic mission and the angelic message and the angelic ministry. And in the book of Revelation, you find John interacting with an angel constantly. And you find in chapter 19, he gets so overwhelmed with what is being said to him and the presence of the angel that in the presence of the angel, all of a sudden, like almost a reflex, John falls down and begins to worship the angel. And what does the angel do? Don't do that. Don't do that. We, angels, are your fellow servants with your brothers who hold fast to the testimony of God. And then in chapter 22, he does it again. I mean, the same thing. There's the angel and he falls. Can you believe it? Within three chapters, he does it two times. Can you believe he repeated his sin two times? I'm sure none of y'all ever done that, right? And in both cases, the angel says the same thing. Don't do that. We are your fellow servants. We've got a relationship. 
You also, we're both on mission, on message, and in our ministries. And we are united with all who hold fast to the testimony of Jesus. So who are these angels? And then, not only who are they, where are they? And then, not only who are they, where are they, but what are they doing? Let's take a look at who. Who are they? Now, here's what you've already learned in Hebrews 1 at this point. Hebrews 1, and I'm going to refer to some in the book of Revelation. We find out they are created beings. They are created spiritual beings. They are created beings. And they, these created beings, we're being told in the Bible, are... Um, these created beings are like us. They were made to glorify God. They were made for a mission. They were made with a, to take a message. They were made to do ministry. So, indebted to Hebrews and Revelation, we find out that actually we're in the same family of God. Would you think of it this way? You've got a family, right? I'm sure maybe even around this last Thanksgiving week, you got together with your family and you said, oh, they're, they're part of my extended family. They're part of my immediate family. Well, God's family is that way. It's got two segments to it. It's got the angelic host, angels from the realms of glory, angels, heavenly host. Did you hear what you just read just a few moments ago? That the angel, after speaking to the shepherds, went back into heaven. So here are the angels, and the angels are there by the Lord to be united with God's people. And when you see the book of Revelation, by the time we get to the new heavens and the new earth, we are all together in the Lord. Now, we're not the same. We're physical with a spiritual element. They are spiritual, but periodically can make appearances physically. They're heavenly. We're earthly. They're in the presence of God. We bear the image of God. They're without gender. We're male and female as we bear the image of God. They're without marriage. We marry, not only with conjugal, covenantal, heterosexual covenant of marriage, but also the elect of God are married to Christ, as he is the groom and we are his bride. They don't reproduce. We are fruitful and multiply. They have no bloodlines. We do. They have no family in the sense of family as we do. But they do have structure. They got archangels. They have the cherubim, the seraphim. They have orders and principalities. And so we find out who they are. But we also find out that in the new heavens and the new earth, we are joined together as one family to give praise and glory to the Lord, to be with him forever and ever. The angelic segment of his family and the elect of God from humanity as his family.
Well, Harry, where are they? Well, this is pretty easy. The Bible says after they minister, they went go back into heaven. The Bible tells us they are in the dwelling place of the heavenlies. They are in the heavenlies. They are invisible. We are visible. They are in the heavens. We are upon the earth. Pastor, when were they made? How many of you know when the angels were made? Can I see your hand? Please don't raise your hand. We don't know. I don't know. My best shot is Job 38. That they gave, they sang praise to God when he laid the pillars and foundations of the heavens and the earth in the creation. So that means I only got two possibilities. Because not long after the creation week, we don't know how long, we got a fallen angel. So that means the angels must have been created. Satan's a fallen angel. So that means it must have been created. Well, when were they created? I think you got two choices. One, they were either created at or alongside of Genesis 1-1 or right before Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And my reasoning is if they inhabit the heavens, they can't, they can't exist until you got the heavens for them to inhabit. Or they may have actually been made after the second day when God made the heavens on the second day of creation. And then he inhabited it with the angels. But that's not the focus of the creation narrative. The focus on the creation narrative is humanity that he made in his image to inhabit the earth and to be fruitful and multiply and fill it. So I have no idea when, other than that information I just gave to you. I hope by the time I do the series, I might come up with a better and more insightful presentation. But that's where I am right now. And then he has made them to be one family with us for all eternity. With their distinctives from us. And yet we are now made lower than them, but one day we'll be over them. They are, well, let me go back to my younger days. The angels are the authentic ETs. They're extraterrestrial. We are terrestrial. They are extraterrestrial. There's one, uh, one preacher was talking that this guy came up to him who is actually involved in communication with extraterrestrials. Uh, he's a, a member of a lawyer's organization. <laughs> I love this story when he shared it. Uh, it was my systematic theology professor, Sinclair Ferguson. He, uh, it was really interesting. He said a guy came to him, a lawyer, and he said, can I ask you some questions about angels? And he said, yeah. He said, he said, you believe they're ex-, he said, you believe they're extraterrestrial, right? He said, yeah. He said, well, I'm a part of an organization and we're trying to prepare for when uh, extraterrestrial aliens contact us, how we're going to talk to them. Doesn't that comfort you that lawyers have even figured that out? Uh, they've, they've got a whole new field of business, and that is uh, how to communicate with extraterrestrials. 
And then another guy came up to him to talk to him and he said, do you believe in extraterrestrials? He said, oh, yeah. They're in my family. As we are united together, created by God to the glory of God with our distinctives, but our union in the presence of God. So what do they do? Well, the best way for me to tell you what they do is what they are called to do. So, folks, just like you've heard me say, God made us on mission. It saved us on mission, on message and in ministry. Same thing's true of the angels. They were made for mission. They were made for message. They were made for ministry. What are their ministry? They have seven ministries and they're identified for you in the Bible. Let me just give them to you. I'll preach on them later. Here's here is here's what they are. Here's what they are. They are called sons. They sons are faithful to the father. They're called sons of the light, sons of light, sons of God. Secondly, they're called ministers. Thirdly, they're called messengers. So they're sons, they're ministers, they're messengers. Fourthly, they're called worshipers. Now you can see their names and their titles tell you what their ministries are. They reveal the Father. They are here, angelic, the angelic hosts are here to reveal God the Father. They're not, they're not related to him as we are, sons of God, but they are called sons of God. That means they have an office to reveal the Father. They are ministers. In fact, they're called ministers of flaming fire. They are messengers. They bear the messages of God. Constantly you see them giving the messages of God in the Old and the New Testament. They are worshipers. When we peel back heaven, Isaiah 6, Revelation 4, Revelation 5, the angels are surrounding the throne of God, giving praise and glory to him. And they're warriors. We find Michael waging war in the book of Daniel. We find Michael waging war for the body of Moses. As revealed to us in the book of Jude. We find this spiritual warfare. You know, it's here that Dr. Schaefer made a comment. There was a guy that I went to school with who was actually the, a servant boy and, um, and part of the Labrie ministry. And he told me of the time that they were in Labrie and Dr. Schaefer was speaking on the book of Job and its references to the angels. And he said to everyone in the room, he said, what do you see now? What do you see? And they said, well, there's a, there's a bed. I mean, there's a chair, there's a table, there's a curtain. He said, no, no, take a closer look. Well, there's stitches, there's buttons, there's glassware. He said, no, no. He said, I'll tell you what I see. There are myriads of angels. There are fallen angels wanting to pluck the seed that is being spoken to your heart right now. There are angels that are calling for your attention to the message of the word of God. There is a spiritual warfare going on in this room. In fact, I'll tell you. I feel it every Sunday.
right here, right now. There is an angelic war that is going on. The Bible tells us that we might entertain angels unawares. You've seen that in the book of Hebrews? It says, be careful because some have entertained angels unawares. In other words, you think of angels when you go to the Bible and you see the recorded appearances. Folks, that's infinitesimal to what the angels are doing every day, every hour, every moment. They are there constantly and you're unaware. That's why I really want to preach on it. So you become biblically aware, not Christian bookstore aware. <laughs> Listen, an angel's not something to buy and stick in your pocket, believe me. There is something very extraordinary about the angelic presence and ministry that we need to know. Most of it we are unaware unless we're biblically aware so that we can see it. But periodically, the Bible says that the angels make appearances and you become aware. In your Bible, see how they cluster together in the patriarchs? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the initiation of God's covenant people. And then all of a sudden, 400 something years later, you see the angels again in the times of the Exodus in ministry. And then you see the angels clustered in ministry in the conquest of the promised land, Joshua, Judges. And then you don't see much about these angels again until you get to the prophets. Elijah, Jeremiah, look at the angels in ministry in the book of Daniel, chapter 8, chapter 9. Look at the angelic ministry in the days of Elisha. Do you remember that moment? Speaking of angels as our warriors. You remember that moment when Elisha's servant came back downhearted as he'd gone out and all he could see was the enemy encamped all around them in the mountains. And he was overwhelmed with fear. And Elisha said, come here, son. And he took him back out to the battlefield. And he said, oh, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And then God let that servant boy look and all he could see was the myriads and hosts of angels that were surrounding the people of God and ready to do battle for them against the enemies of God. You see them clustered 400 years later in the advent of Jesus. Then you see them clustered in the apostolic ministry and in the completion of the scriptures. They always show up at significant points in redemptive history and they show up and make their appearance at significant points in the completion of the word of God. So why don't we see so many? Because God's history of redemption has come to its apex in the birth, death, and resurrection of Christ. Next time you, you will see them is when he's coming again.
with the angels and the shout and the trumpet of the archangel. Now, I'm not saying they don't, they don't show up in between. There's so many stories I'd love to share with you. I just don't have time. But here is this glorious message that's being given to us about these angels. And we are and, and we see them clustered and making themselves aware. But when those are just that's just a microscopic moment. Their ministry is not. Listen to me. Their ministry is not spasmodic or epic or um, or spasmodic or seasonal. It is consistent always, all the time, as sons and ministers and messengers and worshipers and warriors. All the time. But that's not all. They're also defenders and guardians. Now, Pastor, do you think everybody has a guardian angel? Well, come back at the beginning of next year and I'll tell you. But here's what I do know. The angels have a guardian ministry for God's people. They are defenders of God's people. I remember when I was growing up, we would go down every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, New Year's. We'd always end up somehow in Augusta, Georgia, in our family ancestral home for whatever ancestral home we had. They were apartments they grew up in and mill houses. And um, but every time we'd leave, we'd get together to pray as our family would get in the car to go back to Charlotte and my granddaddy would pray. And I can tell you the things he would pray every time. But there's one he always pray. Lord, give our loved ones traveling mercies. And then he would quote the scriptures. Give your angels charge over them. And protect them by the wings of your mercy. I remember one time my dad, who was not a sentimental guy at all, and certainly not esoteric in any sense. I remember a time my dad, who was when he was in the Southern League, when uh, he had to leave a, um, a two-week stand uh, that they had in Knoxville, and his next two-week stand was going to be in the... Um, in Asheville, the Asheville Tourists was the name of the baseball team. And he was traveling through the mountains of North Carolina. Now, folks, I'm old enough to say this before the interstate. And so you go these two lane roads with these long two lane bridges over these valleys. And Dad told me one time about the moment when he was coming down the hill on a two-lane road ready to go across this long bridge over a valley that was a deep chasm. And he said, son, I never heard a word, but someone said to me, stop. And for no reason at all, I stopped. And as soon as I stopped, an 18-wheeler came over the, the summit across from me, down in, toward me, down the same road. And when he got to the bridge, he had a blowout. And then he went sideways and careened all the way down the bridge, tearing it apart. If I'd have been there, I'm done. And he said, son, do you know what I remembered? My dad's prayer. Give your angels charge concerning you. 
I don't know what you're planning on doing when you get to heaven. I'd suggest you look up some angels and ask them. What you thought were coincidences, you may be absolutely astounded. Guardians and defenders. Finally, seventhly, they are inquirers. They're learners. In fact, Peter, who has something to do with angels, doesn't he? Peter says what? They long to understand what you and I are singing and speaking of today. They long to understand it. They are inquirers and learners. So now let me do this rapidly. A closer view as you take a look at the nativity. You find them showing up four times in the nativity. Now, I am, you have already, I'm not going to take the time, you have already in our confession of truth and in the Advent reading, by the way, that happened at 1055 this morning. I just want to let some of you know that. At the Advent reading this morning, we read an account of the angels, and then you just did two more accounts of the angels' ministry. In the confession of truth. So I'm not going to read those, but I am going to read this one that we haven't read yet. The very first ministry, mission message ministry of angels, the very first one was right here at the temple with Zechariah. Would you take your Bibles and go with me to Luke chapter 1? Luke chapter 1. In the days of Herod... Luke chapter 1. In the days... Oh, uh, just listen to that rustling of pages. Doesn't that sound good? Praise the Lord. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. That means he's of the tribe of Levi. Of the division of Abijah, there were 24 divisions of the priests who served in the temple. Abijah was the eighth division. He had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. We know that she was either second or fourth cousin to Mary. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. So this is in the league of there are five accounts of of people older without child that God intervenes for a special redemptive purpose. There are five of them in your Bible. This is the fifth one. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division, that's the Abijah division, was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. That means he's gone into the Holy of Holies. Now, folks, listen to me. That would have happened for a man with all of the priests, all taking their turns, all the divisions taking their turns. That means this may have happened for a priest one time in his lifetime. This would have been his one time in his lifetime to go into the Holy of Holies. Now, what happens? And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. And fear fell upon him. Now, you'll find that's consistent. When angels show up, people don't begin to talk about, you know, um, angels by my side. Next thing you have to say is get up and don't fear. 
because they are they bring all of the resplendent glory of the presence of God to bear upon that moment. And as they come bringing that glory, he is troubled. And as he is troubled, fear fell upon him. Then the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Now, you'll probably remember the other three things we have read all said the same thing. Every time the angel comes, first words, do not fear. Do not fear Joseph. Do not fear Mary. Do not fear Zechariah. Do not fear shepherds. And he says to them, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Now, his prayer would have at least had two petitions. One, as a priest, he would have prayed for the people. Two, he likely was praying for his wife and the fact that she wanted a child and they did not have one. And so he said, and she will bear you a son and you shall call your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered, said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent. I'm, a, I'm on mission. I'm on message. I'm in ministry. I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. It doesn't take your faith to get it fulfilled, but you will be mute until that time. Now, folks, stop and think. Don't miss this. There's a reason I read it. Don't miss this. God has been silent. Four hundred years. This is the first time he speaks through Gabriel to Zechariah. What's the last book of your Old Testament? Malachi. What's the last prophecy? Before the Messiah, I will send the one who prepares the way, who will come in the spirit of Elijah. Now God speaks 400 years later through Gabriel. What's the message? You, Elizabeth, will bear the one who fulfills that prophecy. John the Baptist will come in the spirit and power of Elijah. So now this is the first time spoken and the angel is entrusted with it and he brings the message but Zechariah does not believe. God has been silent for 400 years. Now Zechariah, by the hand of God's redemptive discipline, will be silenced until John the Baptist is born. 
Then you got Mary. Six months later, fast forward, Gabriel now shows up in Nazareth and he ministers to Mary. She also is troubled. And he says, do not fear. And she does not fear. And then he says to her, "You that which is within you is of the Holy Spirit. You have been chosen, O favored one. You, the virgin, shall bear the child. You will bring forth Emmanuel. You will be the one who gives birth to the one who will be named Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And she believes. Her fear is displaced by her faith. And she surrenders. Be it done to me as thou hast said. I am your bondservant. Now, I don't know how long to fast forward, but go from there to what we read earlier to Joseph. Now, we don't know who this is. Gabriel showed up the first two times. Uh, This just says an angel of the Lord, so we don't know who it is. And he comes and he says to Joseph, do not be afraid. And do not be afraid to take Mary, your child, because that which is in her. I know you think she's been unfaithful in the betrothal. She has not. She, that which is within her, has been conceived by the Spirit of God. Emmanuel, God with us. And the angel gives the message on his mission to Joseph. And Joseph's fear is displaced. Joseph, who was going to divorce her privately, not to put her to shame, but was going to divorce her because of his righteousness and the scripture would demand it because of her unfaithfulness, as he supposed. Now he's told, oh, no. And he believes and he keeps her a virgin and cares for her until the birth of the child. And then one more. And we find an angel coming to the shepherds in the the plains of Bethlehem. And the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy. That's our theme this year. Good news, gospel of great joy. Zechariah got good news and he didn't believe it. The shepherds got good news. They believed it. And they had great joy. Then that angel is backed up with a with a. Heavenly host from the realms of glories. Not all the angels. A select choir had been put together for this one. And they're praising God. Glory to God in the highest. And the, and then the angels go back into heaven. And the shepherds say, let's go to Bethlehem. And they go, it says, praising God and glorifying Him forever. All four heard on mission, message, and ministry. All four heard, don't fear. And all four made a response. Three by faith, one without faith. So let me give you a takeaway and then we'll close with prayer. The nativity angels were sent from the heavenly host created by God for his glory. They had a mission, they had a message, and they came in their ministry. That's what the nativity angels that we remember and sing about were doing on this glorious time. They are heavenly. They came to the earthly. They're invisible. They made themselves visible to come to the visible. They came from the presence of God to those who bear the image of God. These without gender came to male and female. 
These without marriage came to the married and unmarried. These who have no reproduction came to those who are to make disciples of all the nations. These who we are made lower and they are higher come to us to tell us of Jesus. Because in Jesus, we will be higher than them in the new heavens and the new earth. So what do they do? Here's your next point. The angels announce and attend the moment when the one, that's Jesus, the one who created them, the angels, the one who created them himself becomes lower than them to be one of us, to save us, whom will one day because of him be over them with him, that we will rule over the angels. So here is the one who came to us. As they came, they said to Zechariah, and they're saying it to you and me too. Don't fear. Two of, of, the, of the ones that he said, don't fear. Two of them, he said, don't fear because of the impact of the presence of the angel. But two of them, he said, don't fear because of the message. Joseph and Mary were told not to fear because of the message. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be mocked. Joseph, this is going to cost you three years of your profession and vocation. At least three years. I mean, praise God for some gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You're going to need it. You're going to lose three years of your profession at least. Mary and you are both going to be ridiculed. But do not fear. Be filled with faith. I speak the truth. And so they did. Joseph obeyed. Mary surrendered. The shepherds believed and worshipped. Zechariah did not. Until God silenced him and then he believed. You know who I want to be like? I want to be like Mary. I want, to, I, want, I want to surrender to the Lord. I want to be like Joseph. I want to obey the Lord. I want to be like the angel, I mean the shepherds. I want to worship and praise the Lord. But I find myself very much like Zechariah. In fact, for 21 years I heard the message. And then God brought me to the silence of the emptiness of my sin. And all was vanity. And by his grace, I believed. So where are you today? Well, pastor, I'm in church. Now, you don't think I'd be Zechariah. I'm in church. Well, where was Zechariah? You can't get more church than the Holy of Holies. I'm not asking you your location. I'm asking you your vocation. Do you believe him? Who banishes all fear so that you obey, you worship, you glorify, and you surrender. And who is it that you are? See, the angels not only show us ourselves, they also show us just what Hebrews 1 is all about. Angels, they're worshipers. Jesus, he's worshipped. Angels are messengers. Jesus is the message. Angels are ministers. Jesus is Lord.
Angels are created. Jesus is the creator. Angels are servants. Jesus is master. Angels are warriors. Jesus is captain of the Lord's host. Angels appear multiple times. Jesus came once to be one of us, to save us, so that we might be with him forever. And then he told us, I'm coming again. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearance of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus. Come quickly, Lord. Zechariah? Or do you believe? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the moments we could be together. Just let me ask you to just have the Holy Spirit just speak with your heart just for these few moments. Say, Pastor, there was a time I was Zechariah. Now I believe and I want to be more and more like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. And I thank God for the ever-present permeating Ministry of the angels, of which I'm biblically aware. And I thank you for the time you've made them visibly aware. But keep my eyes on Jesus. That's their mission and their message to me. Today you may be here and you say, Pastor, I've been to the Holy of Holies, but I haven't come to the Holy One. I want to today. Brothers, if you have sisters, friends, seekers, if you have want to pray with someone when we stand in just a moment for the benediction, there will be those up here at the front that you can come and pray with personally and confidentially. Please feel free to come. What a joy it is to hear a Savior has come. The angels on their mission have brought the message. And in their ministry have called us, come, surrender, obey, and worship. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You have been listening to a message by Harry Reeder, Senior Pastor of Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham, Alabama. For more information on the resources available through Briarwood Presbyterian Church, or for more information on the teaching ministry of Pastor Reader, visit us at briarwood.org or call 205-776-5200.